Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever it is that you happen to be. Welcome to Living Your Juiciest Life Ever, where we have amazing conversations and women that have come from self-loathing to self-love, from selfless to self-full, from somewhere else to here, living their juiciest life ever, amping up the joy that we get to have those conversations and bring some inspiration to you so that you can step it up and live in your juiciest life ever. We also do many, many solo casts as well with tips and tricks to help elevate your day. So welcome and thank you so much for being on the show. I'm super excited today because I have a great new guest. And today was the first day we actually had a live conversation just before the show. And her name is Brooke Jillian Yancey. And she actually lives in the same time zone as I do, which is super exciting because I've been talking to people around the world and we're all on different time zones. So this is super great. And Brooke is an intuitive coach and she helps female entrepreneurs overcome burnout, overwhelm, and to fall back in love with their business or to create something brand new so they can experience freedom overflowing abundance, create deep soul connections, and make an impact that changes lives. She's built four soul-led businesses while traveling the world. I want to know about all four of them. I don't know about you, but I think you do. She is a leader in transformation through dance and has impacted over 250,000 children and adults. So welcome, Brooke. I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm grateful that you took the time out to, to share with us today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. So something that I noticed in the information that you've shared, uh, that is dance. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I saw this little, and it wasn't a little piece, but it stood out for me, this piece that stood out for me. Was the dance in your life before you started your transformation or was it something that happened during? So I've always had dance in my life from the time I was three. I think I took my first ballet class ah. and I grew up dancing. So dance was a big part of my life, but I did like the tap ballet jazz sort of thing and grew up competitive dancing and all of that. And it wasn't until my 20s when I really realized that dance had the ability to heal because mm -hmm. until then it was just a thing that was fun. It was a thing that we got our hair curly and went to competitions to do. And it was more of a competitive sport. And it wasn't until I was a little bit older. And, and I guess even in my teens, when I started to realize um, I started to develop body image issues and eating disorder and dance actually wasn't medicine for me. Dance was a place that was unhealthy because it was so much about the body. Mm -hmm. And then as I started to study psychology in university, I started to really make the connection of movement and our psychology and movement and our mental health. And I started to explore the world of dance um, and healing through dance. So it's like it came full circle with my love of dance and what I loved about it when I was a kid that kind of fell away as I became a teenager. 
That's really, that's very interesting. Um, because you started so young, oftentimes when people get into competitive dance, girls that get into competitive dance young, they have eating disorders younger and in their teenage, teenage years or uh, early teens. Yeah. And yeah, so, mine started when I was 13. Oh, it did start when you so were 13. It was, it was a teenage um, eating disorder that lasted about seven years. And then and I stepped away from dance as part of my healing okay. and then brought dance back in, in a different way as part of my healing. Mm. Yeah. It's and like so, I had to let it go and then come back to it in a new way. That's amazing. Mm. So it became a really stressful, yeah. Self self-aware. I mean, we, we go through that. So yeah. When I first heard you say it, when you were saying you got the body, body image issues and you said in your twenties, I was like, okay, so there was a shift there. Yeah. So that's when I reclaimed. That's when I there did you go. a lot of the healing. Very good. So you have actually, um, uh, you've, you've used dance for, uh, a lot of kids, kids, things, development, like you mentioned here, 250,000 kids and adults that you've worked with Yeah, and that's through dance. Yes. So how did that, yes. what did that look like? So the last 10 years, um, so once I graduated university, mm-hmm. I, ha- I graduated with a psychology degree and I had started to reclaim dance and healing through dance. And I started to explore different ways of healing through dance. And I came upon a really cool dance method called groove and really powerful healing through movement and dance. And through that, there was a woman who also taught it in schools in Ontario. And I wanted to learn how to teach kids. And I had worked with kids in my teens and that sort of thing. And so she mentored me and I would go into schools in Ontario and we would teach this dance, which was very much focused around self-expression, body confidence, um, anti-bullying and that sort of thing through movement and dance. And every day I would teach 500 kids a day. So you went into the assembly? You went into the assembly and taught them? Sometimes. And yep, sometimes. So, and, but a lot of the times I'd teach, you know, we could teach 60 to 100 kids in one session. And I would teach six, sometimes seven sessions in a day. Very easy to reach like 500 kids a day. And I did that for three years. So the numbers add up pretty quickly Mm -hmm. with that. Um, And then at a certain point, I stepped back. I also taught people how to teach this dance method. And I traveled all over the world doing that and going into schools in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. I also would present at conferences. Um, I'd warm up the conference or I'd get them all dancing. I I got hired a lot as like a speaker or a energizer type of person. Um, And then I worked in mental health for a few years in Fort McMurray in Alberta. And during that time, I would teach the youth. I was hired to be the youth engagement facilitator for a mental health organization. And I went into all of the schools in Fort McMurray. And so I teach anxiety, mental health, and different coping strategies. And my best way of teaching anything is through dance. So whether it was like one session, whether it would be big school things, Um, I pretty much taught every kid at some point there. 
And then I moved to Vancouver in 2016. And I launched my business teaching a dance method called Dance Play, which um, my dear friend and colleague Melanie Levenberg created. And I, we've been taking that into schools for the last five years. I have a whole team of instructors now that go into the schools all over British Columbia. And we teach that program. So over the course of 10 years, <laughs> between 500 kids to sometimes 1,000, 2,000, depending on the event, um, yeah, I've consistently been working with kids and adults as well. Um, but the big kind of numbers, when you look at that quarter of a million number, it's like, how did that happen? Um, uh, mostly kids. Amazing. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, that was an extremely consuming part of your life. And you did mention uh, a burnout, which created your transition. So um, can you describe how it felt during the time when you discovered, when you realized that you were giving too much to others and neglecting yourself in the process? Yeah, I was about two years into this business, um, mm. which is called Play Education BC, um, here in BC, teaching dance and yoga in schools. And my business had grown pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I had a whole team of instructors. The schools were just hiring us. It was, it was awesome. And it was a really incredible time. And my nature, I come from a family that really values hard work. I come from a family of entrepreneurs working 12 hour days. So I was really burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. And as my business grew and I brought on a team of instructors, I was also So still teaching some of the programs, not all, but some of the programs. So I was teaching during the day, managing the team and doing all of the business stuff at night, Um, the invoices, the contracts, all of the things I did have it in admin support, Mm -hmm. but I really was just taking on so much, not really giving myself days off training instructors on the weekends. Like it was, it was just too much. Like I, it's, it's like in the beginning of an entrepreneur's journey, it's like you, you, are so excited for the day that you have so much to do. You have all of these clients, you have lots of money flowing, you have a team, you're doing all of these things. But if you're not careful and you're not delegating, you end up overworking yourself. So I just completely overworked myself and I started to become really tired all of the time. And that was the first sign, you know, drinking coffee, um, just to keep up with it. But in my mind, I was like, this is great. The fact that I have enough work to work 12 hours a day shows that I'm successful. I am valued. I'm valuable. Yeah, I am (laughs) valuable. My business is working, all of the things. But then it came to a point where I was just wiped, like so exhausted. And I remember sitting in the hot tub with my, now husband. And I just like burst into tears because I remember just being like, I'm so tired and I'm worried because I've never been this tired in my life. I was having trouble waking up in the morning. I was having trouble. Like we'd go for a walk and we love to hike here in Vancouver and we'd go for a walk on flat ground. It wasn't like a hike. It was like, And I could last for like 10 or 15 minutes when normally I have an abundance of energy. I mean, I'm used to teaching six hours of high intensity dance every day. 
So for me to go for a walk and be like, I need to lay down. And I just started to realize my capacity was, I was, I was shot. Like it was not there. Every email that came in started to overwhelm me. Every single thing that was happening in my business, I just started to get overwhelmed. And that's a really big sign of like adrenal fatigue and burnout is where the small stresses that never used to bother you are now like overwhelming. I was starting to become resentful of my business, which only a few months earlier or a few years earlier was I so excited to build this business. And now all of a sudden I was like feeling the pressure Mm -hmm. and things like, you know, with burnout, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of overwhelm. So it was a combo of all of those things that progressively got worse over time. Mm -hmm. And by the time it's like, I hit the wall. I remember one of my best friends, remember going to my women's group and one of my best friends saying to me, cause I was like, she's like, how are you doing? And I said, well, I'm really tired. And she's like, you know, you've been saying that a lot. I like, do you think that maybe there's something going on? Are you getting enough sleep? Like, and she had been through burnout in the past. So she kind of pointed it out. And I was like, you're right. I do say that a lot. Like I'm tired mm-hmm. all of the time. Yeah. And that, how did that, how did that impact your relationship? Well, we were still pretty new dating. And my husband, he's like a men's, he is a men's coach and he does a lot of this work. So he was really good at holding space and seeing how much that I actually needed to rest. Mm -hmm. And he's a projector in human design. So if you know anything about human design, but projectors love to rest. (laughs) So he's like, we can do this. Yeah. So it actually was pretty good because he really helped me to see that it wasn't normal to be this tired. And, um, as I was scaling and as I started delegating, which was a big part of my turnaround was like delegating rest, nurturing my body, learning how to be supported were such huge parts of the turnaround of my burnout of that burnout period. Mm -hmm. It's not my burnout, the burnout period of my life. Um, yeah. So I did, he helps to really support me in that transition. So you were, you were in a great place. Like having that, that relationship was really the ideal catching point for you. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and recognizing um, what I'm hearing is uh, also recognizing to receive the support that you needed. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is huge for women because we're often so, I mean, we're so self-efficient and we can get things done really quickly. And it's like, no, no, no I'll, I'll, I'll do it. It's okay. I'll get it done. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And most of my life I've been independent. I've been running my own businesses, doing my things. I don't need a man, all of these things. So it was really nice to be able to lean back and have a man support me and to be able to receive moving into a powerful breakthrough. Yeah. So big difference between dependence and interdependence. Totally. Or independence and interdependence. Totally. It's very, uh, that in itself is definitely a dance. (laughs) Totally. Especially, especially as independent women. 
we can yes. really, or at least I really struggled with. And I've navigated that world of becoming interdependent of like even allowing myself to feel supported or feel taken care of by the masculine instead of like, I can do it on my own. I'm strong. I don't need a man. So where, where do you think that that whole idea came from? Was there, have you recognized a space maybe where you felt that you needed to take care of everything? I held that story most of my life. And I feel like that is a, a very nuanced, like there's a lot of different moving parts on that one for sure. Mm-hmm. I think seeing the struggles that my parents went through, my dad was an entrepreneur and there were some different struggles that happened financially and different things and seeing how much my mom then struggled because I think she depended on my dad really helped me or really ignited this feeling of like, I don't need anyone else. And then no one else can hurt me like that. Or then I'm not vulnerable. Very much vulnerable. That makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I think that that's actually, um, it's a piece of what's a very common thing for, for us as women, um, mm-hmm. whether it's one side or the other side is then holding and closing ourselves in and saying, you know what? I'm just going to have to suck it up, manage it myself. And, uh, and, and also because it's our nature to nurture, we're standing in a place of no matter what our age is, is that we can often um, stand in a place of it's our nature to nurture. And so we um, are always looking around us and uh, looking for danger, looking for what's missing. And so when we have, uh, a trauma of some sort is often the relations of the parent relation, child relationship, you know, because if you're feeling that stress and tension in them, that puts trauma in our bodies. And so then we become hyper aware of that and it makes us very protective of ourselves. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And independence, like being hyper independent is often a trauma response. Yeah. Yeah. Totally relate to that. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's beautiful. Again, I and I want I I really it's uh, oftentimes I think um, what I've seen, um, like you, I I really see the blessing in the fact that you had a relationship that you probably for the first time actually felt yourself let go. Am I kind of getting that? Yeah. Yeah. Like a safe place to fall. Totally. Yeah. He's got that safe energy for sure. And the big deal, healing energy, the big deal about that is, is you allowing it. Mm. Yeah. So amazing. Which was tough for me for sure. (laughs) So if you were to think about, um, in that process of that shift, if you were to think about one particular time, maybe something that just popped into your head as far as a situation was concerned, that maybe you could share that. that, that of like state. allowing him to support mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, 
it's funny. So I was doing this pattern of working all of the time <laughs> and it was coming up to my birthday and we had some really busy weeks. And this one school was really adamant about having me come in and not my instructor. So I was like, okay, I'll teach. So I was teaching every other day. And then on the off days, I was like doing the work and we had a big conference coming up with our whole greater team. And the day before the conference was my birthday and I was supposed to teach a one day training for people wanting to learn how to teach this dance method to pre for preschoolers. And so leading up, um, there were people in town from all over and I'm just like doing the thing that I do, which is working all of the time, thinking that I'm unstoppable and that the more I'm working, the more getting all of the praise, whatever that means. Cause nobody is actually praising me. It's just in my head. <laughs> like I'm getting all of the internal phrase, right? Like feeling. I guess, I'm working so damn hard. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> I, I earned it. <laughs> yeah. So here it is. And it's coming up Friday and, and I'm Friday's my birthday and I'm starting to feel pretty tired, but I'm pushing through and I'm like, it's just a few more days. Cause it's Friday. The conference is Saturday. Maybe there's something on Sunday and then I can chill. And, but I'm pretty tired. And Friday morning I wake up and it's my birthday and I have all of the flip charts ready. I'm ready to like, okay, I'm teaching this thing. And all of a sudden there's a knock on my door because we were still maybe just five months, six months into dating. So he, yeah. So there's a knock on my door and it was Dave with flowers. And he said, I'm taking you to the spa today. And I was like, I have to teach you can't just take me to the spa. Like, it's not like I can just call in sick. And he's like, oh no, Mel's in on this. They're all in on this. They've just been pretending that you're teaching this thing today. And I was like, what? And he took me to the Scandinav on my birthday. <laughs> and it was amazing. And it was exactly what I needed. And it took my, it took my brain like a few minutes. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yes, I'm sure. I'm like, I don't think so. She sent me the registration list. She sent me the outline. She sent me all of the things last night. Like I had, so we had, so we called my best friend and she's like, it's true. I was lying to you. Like I was just pretending like someone else is teaching it kind of thing. Um, and so there's a lot of people kind of in on this, knowing that I thought I was teaching this training and acting as though they were coming to my training. <laughs> I love it was it. like all of these people. Um, but we ended up going to the spa and it was exactly what I needed. So that was such a beautiful day of just me learning how to receive. And there's been, I mean, countless different times of that. Even before this, I was getting ready and um, I often forget to leave myself a lot of time to like eat or at least to make my food and then eat. And of course he like knocks on the door like 10 minutes before we started. And he's like, I made you lunch, lunch. So he's constantly doing these little things to help support me. Um, because I like to, I'm a lot better now, but I don't always plan certain things in that are really nourishing. That being said, I did yoga today out in the sun and then went for a nice long walk in the morning. Cause I do that pretty much every day. And there are certain things that I do that mm -hmm. are very nourishing. Um, but certain things that he does to support me. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a good, it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> Hey, I know nothing's perfect. I'm having a little fun. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Can you share a story of um, a challenge that stands out that was the, the one of the, because I know it's, it's never one thing, but I was using the word failure and it's not that we look at it necessarily as failure after it's gone, but when we're in it, it's, you know, I, somewhere inside of us, we go, I have failed. So in that, uh, in that place of um, challenge and something that could, that caused a really good breakthrough for you, Mm. something that you can share there. Yeah. I feel like one of the biggest failures, I mean, there's been so many failures, but one of the biggest failures, especially when it comes to business, um, has been, I mean, there's so many little failures. And I think that's something that I've become so comfortable with that it's hard for me to be like, just one, like there's like so many, um, but a big one I would say is like when the pan pandemic hit my business that teaches in schools. And I guess that wasn't necessarily a quote unquote failure because I didn't cause that obviously, but it felt like such a big hit because they shut down schools and our business, our business works in schools. That's what we do. And so we were shut down for about six months there. Mm. And then the last this last year we've been severely impacted because some school districts won't let us in, um, like just won't let in outside program providers and other people are just really cautious and all of the things. So I think this whole last year and a half has been a really powerful learning opportunity for me and to like move through how to navigate this time. And it's taken me a lot of strength, a lot of resiliency and a lot of pivoting, like pivot, turn, pivot, turn and dance in dance lingo. I'm just doing a constant pivot turn in this, in this business. And I feel like this has probably been my biggest lesson to date on surrendering, on learning how to pivot. Like I said, we brought some of our programs online. Okay, good. We have had to do all of the modifications. We have had to do a lot of navigation. Um, And in the midst of that, I also stepped more into coaching other women on building businesses. So I also started another arm, another business essentially of my life. And I had gotten to such a point with that first business from the burnout a few years ago, I had gotten to such a point where I was only working on that business for maybe an hour or two a day because I was in such healing mode. And in that space, I was already feeling as though I wanted to start coaching other women. I wanted to start stepping into more of my healing gifts as that's something, sorry, that's something that I have explored a lot of in my life and I've loved but I was holding myself back from doing it. And partly it was because I didn't want to be too busy because I already knew how that went. (laughs) And so the universe is like, okay, so if you're not going to step into this, you think you're too busy. We'll just take away everything that's busying you. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I was like, wow. So I really feel like it's not necessarily a failure, but more of like a cosmic two by four, a challenge, a cosmic two by four that was like, okay, if you're not going to do it, we're going to do it for you. And we're going to force you into it. And so I got the sign, I took the sign and I took a huge leap and I started launching. I launched my first program and I started diving in and it's been quite successful, which is beautiful. And of course it's had its ups and its downs and it's times where I'm now navigating two businesses and keeping my health alive and not overworking and all of the new restrictions and guidelines and all of the things. So it's been a dance and I just feel like it's a constant dance of like falling on my face, getting back up. And it's a constant cha-cha for sure. And I feel like being an entrepreneur is a test of your resiliency, period. Very true. You know, like it is people don't understand just how much resiliency and grit it takes. And we see people out there building these beautiful businesses or having these big breakthroughs or going from, you know, this to that, or, you know, sleeping in their car to multimillionaire, these different things, which is really cool. But the amount of resiliency and grit and pivoting that it takes. Flexibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get really stretched. So I feel like my capacity, even in this last year and a half, but definitely in the 10 years that I've been a, an entrepreneur has just stretched so much for what I can handle. So with your coaching, um, have you just, have you just, have you not just, I don't want to use the word just, have you taken what it is that you went through and the processes that you went through and then basically redesign them, made you, made them your own. And you take that with you to your coaching programs. Yeah. Yeah. And I take all of the things that I've learned in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So one of my programs is really about helping um, entrepreneurs bring their passions into the world because my businesses have always been passion-based businesses. I've never just built a business to make money. That's not really my MO. <laughs> I'm all about how it can never works. It never, yeah. I, I don't even understand why, you know, um, for me, it's all about impact. So that was the first program. And I really just took all of the things I've learned over the last 10 years, Great. the things that I've integrated. So yeah. your niche, your, your, your perfect client, your ideal client would be. I actually work with a few different ideal clients, which is so funny because every, everything yeah. in the, the industry is like one type of person. I'm like, no, like passion to action. That business is really about bringing your ideas into the world. And while I do have some people who already run businesses and just want to bring a new idea into the world, it's often people who are just starting out as entrepreneurs. And those can be creatives, dancers, artists, coaches, healers. It's, it's, a bit of a range because that's, I'm a, I'm a range of a human. <laughs> I, no, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one is helping women with burnout and women who are in a place where they have a thriving business, but they're burnt out and they're resentful to it. So how do I get back to a place where I can thrive again and actually feel creative and inspired by what I've created? Or is it time for me to step away 
Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And start so something new. Yeah. If each part of what it is that you experience through your healing, you're bringing it forward, which is, I mean, it always is. There's always, it's, it's interesting because for women, it's never, ever one thing. No. It's never one thing because we are so multifaceted and do bring our wisdom and our experience to the table. Absolutely. Congratulations for owning that. Thank you. Well, and, and kind of the extension of the whole burnout piece and a big part of that healing to just kind of complete that (laughs) is me coming back into my feminine and me reconnecting to my feminine. And so that's one of the other types of women that I work with, whether they're burnt out entrepreneurs or whether they're just women, women who are disconnected from their feminine and they're operating in their masculine energy. And so I bring a lot of movement and dance and different things into, I have a program called embodied radiance. And it's just like embodying that feminine because one of the reasons why I burnt out is because I was overworking and overcompensating in my masculine and not trusting my feminine. Mm-hmm. And not embracing her. The embodied, uh, the embodied radiance is that a group program that you're because that's coming up, right? Yeah, that's a program that's coming up. When is that starting? In October. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I have the the right date because I want to make sure to put it in your contact information for your pod, awesome. for the for the interview. Okay, awesome. So we will make sure we have that, and so. The next level of juicy, which um, choose a year, choose choose something, because uh, I know there's a lift. And so um, speak to me of your future life as it's happening. <laughs> All right. Next level of juicy. I really love this. So my future life as it's happening now. We are living in Costa Rica in our beautiful oceanfront home with a couple of children running around, a couple of cute little babies, running retreats to help people really reconnect to their souls, connect to their bodies, connect to their health, and running thriving online businesses that are impacting hundreds of thousands of people. Um, I'm so excited because we finally got to create the entrepreneurship school in Kenya as well. So I do projects all over the world, helping people thrive. And I work with an organization called Living Positive Kenya, which I've worked with for the last 10 years. And we were meant to go in May of 2020 to build this entrepreneurship school. It was my eighth trip there and there was so much and I'm so happy that we can now build it and that there's this whole community, this whole area has completely transformed and are empowered in their businesses and their finances and their health in their life. I just see that the programs that we are creating are impacting hundreds of thousands of people and that people are remembering who they are and connecting to their truth on all levels and having the courage to step into it. And I'm just so grateful. Wonderful. 
That's an awesome share. Thank, Thank you. you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Could you share um, what one habit or daily routine that now supports you and contributes to you standing in a place of fullness so that you can serve from that full cup that you implement on a regular basis to keep you grounded and full? Every day I go into nature. Every single day. I start my day with either a walk along the ocean or I go into the woods near my house um, or the mountains and I start every day like that. And if for whatever reason I can't start my day like that, you better believe I am spending time out there. But that is a habit. It's a practice. It's the first thing I do in the morning. I do a little bit of yoga as well. And that's game changing for me really connecting to nature and being present and being reminded, being brought back into my body is one of the most powerful things I do for myself. Awesome. 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 Okay. So on that note, I just, again, um, I feel very inspired. I'm excited for the journey that you are on the one that is unfolding as we speak and all of the difference that you've already made in the world mm, and what an important part you play in carrying the light and sharing it with others. Thank you so much. I Thank you everyone, everyone for listening and for being here today and having an opportunity to uh, hear Brooke, feel her energy and to embrace her inspiration to take it forward into your day, into your week, into your life. Thank you for listening to another episode of living your juiciest life ever. And remember, you are a miracle. We'll see you next time. <laughs>